You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hey everybody, welcome to Triviality, the show where no power meets no responsibility. Uh, my name is Ken, I'm back from, what was it, water reclamation? Water reclamation plant, yeah, you were trying to put uh, flavor into some of the water down in Alabama. Okay, whatever whatever that was about, that's fine. I, haven't listened, I haven't listened to that one yet, so uh, I'm just going to accept it. Mm-hmm. How are you boys doing today? Oh, doing alright, yeah. yeah. A little tired, just had lunch, so I'm a little sleepy now. Yeah, I was yeah. I was playing video games for 24 hours straight for a fundraiser. I think I actually made it 23 hours. So uh, I can't I can't claim 24 hours. Uh, Spider Man. Yeah, it's good. For PS4. It's very fun. Yeah, it was a great yeah. cause you uh, played for. It was called Extra Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, great charity, and uh, you and my brother have done it. I think for three years now. And a couple other friends. A couple other yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really cool. Cool idea there. Um, yeah. A lot of people streaming online. You can you know check out different streams, donate to different streams. So yeah, and I think they uh, accept charity donations all year mm-hmm. round. So check out Extra Life, mm-hmm. uh, worthy cause for uh, for children's hospitals. So mm-hmm. we can put a link in the in the show notes there yeah. for you. Let's. How about we get to it? We got a great guest today who's going to be hosting for us, Gina Kimenow from o- o- Omaha. Was it? Yep. Yep. Omaha, well, Nebraska. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so, yeah, so I'm coming to you. Well, I'm actually coming to you from Council Bluffs. So shout out to um, my friend Seth and Holly for letting me use their nice setup and for Seth being an engineer for me. Um, so I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I work in Council Bluffs, Iowa, because I deal cards at one of the casinos on the river here. Oh, oh cool. That's cool. I always wondered yeah. what that would be like. Yeah. How do you like it? Like what what uh, what are some things that we might not know that you have to deal with on a daily basis? Well, I mean, first of all, I love it. I love the fact that I get paid to play cards. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really nice. What do people not know? Oh, the fact that I can't take anything out of your hand, like as a dealer, like you can't hand me anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you always have to like put the money down on the table. Yeah. And it's always funny to like talk to other dealers because they'll talk about like how they go to the grocery store and they like <laughs> tell the cashier to put their change on the counter because they can't <laughs> take it out of their hand. I think I did that at the DMV one time. It's, um, it's a weird, it's, it's a very weird casino etiquette that you have to get used to sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I feel yeah. like any interaction that you have with money then with people, it's almost like the, the classic scene in movies where you put the money down and very slowly slide it across <laughs> to give to you. <laughs> yep. Yep. Especially, um, especially roulette mm. with like those stacks and stacks of chips. Like mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> when like we take a special class just to deal roulette and a couple days is just like 
how to effectively like push like a massive amount of of plane chips across the surface wow anything i should know on the other side of the table because in a few weeks we're going to be in vegas for geek bowl yes that's and right. i've never actually been in a well yeah. i've been in a casino but I've i'll, I'll, I'll show there. you the ropes <laughs> yeah but uh speaking of all that sweet sweet cash uh, you've also set some some uh, chips down on our table without you know actually handing it to us because <laughs> you're a united states champion and we thank you for that mm-hmm Yes, of course. Thank you so much for being uh, so entertaining and uh, giving such a great trivia format for me to listen to. And oh. Thank you. It's gr- well, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, every little bit counts. We mm-hmm. try. Yeah, we try to do our best and put out uh, the best program we can. And it's, uh, you know, with uh, the help of people like Gina that uh, allows us to do that. All right. Well, without further ado, and his best uh, casino dealer voice, mm-hmm. uh, the rules guy. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. All right, so what, what's the wager today? What's the ba- what's on the line here? Uh, yeah, we do need some sort of wager uh, since Gina works at a casino. So something is going to have to happen. The winner does something or the loser yeah. does something. Matt is supposed to have eaten Vegemite by now after a year and a half, but he still is not. <laughs> yeah, I think with interest, I have to eat a, like a gallon bucket of it at this point. Uh, this is this is what we'll do. So we had a game that we recorded earlier where uh, one of the questions had to do with uh, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Oh, God. So if Matt and Jeff lose today, Matt has to dip a hot dog in Vegemite and eat it, and we'll put it on our group, the crop, if they lose. Well, and then, just mad. Just mad. That's fine. I, you don't have to point I that out. I will fall on this sword. <laughs> yep. right. Very well. Yeah, I think keto friendly. Not really, huh? No. Yeah. No. We're exempt. Yeah, we're exempt. You get to eat a hot dog covered in Vegemite. Okay, fine. Sure. Veggie dog. Fine. Loser eats the Vegemite. Veggie dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, what what team name are we going to be then? Well, uh, Neil got me into this show called uh, Schitt's Creek on uh, on Netflix. So uh, let's be Rose Video. All right, we're Rose Video. Uh, I think in honor of Omaha, Nebraska, I think of Saddle Creek Records, my favorite band, Bright Eyes. We're going to be Bright Guys. Oh, right. very nice. All right, so Bright Guys versus Rose Video. It is that time of the season yeah, where cool. everybody busts out their Bright Eyes records. Cold or sad, you get your acoustic guitar and you're good to go. Well, take it away. All right. Okay, so let's start with question number one. The category is, who knew there were that many dwarfs past Uranus? Hmm. <laughs> question. NASA made the news recently for ending the Dawn spacecraft mission but not until after the craft had visited the dwarf planet Sirius in the asteroid belt. How many other dwarf planets are recognized in our solar system by the International Astronomical Union, all of which lie past Uranus? Bonus points, five bonus points, if you can name two of them. Not including Sirius, I take it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. How many, how many other dwarf planets that lie in the outer solar system? This is going to be... A- I guess answer. Yeah, I, it's all going to be on you on this one. I, I I heard the story. I just don't know. All right, we're locked in. Oh, good. Um, Jeff, say some things. So Pluto is a dwarf planet past Uranus. Okay. It's one of them. Um, Ceres is its twin. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Pluto's got a couple moons. You think those are dwarf but planets? But those, those, those are dwarf moons, not dwarf planets. Well, then why um, did you bring it up, Jeff? You know it's on the line now. There's like oh. two or three <laughs> others. I think, it's, I think it's called Make Make, but okay. I can't remember. Mahi Mahi. <laughs> my favorite tuna, my favorite dwarf planet. 
Mahi Mahi is dolphin fish. Yeah. All right. We're just going to say uh, 71 on a guess. We're going to say that 71st one was Pluto. And uh, the other one is uh, planet, planet Dalton, the toughest, uh, toughest planet in the <laughs> solar system. <laughs> okay. So there are a total of five yeah. recognized dwarf planets, which means that your answer is four. Four of them lie in the uh-huh. outer solar system. One is Pluto which is why I asked you to name two, because I figured everybody would get that one. Um, and then, you know what, I'm going to have to have you guys make a call, because um, one of the answers is Maki Maki, but Matt kind of yeah, changed yeah. it to no, Mahi no. Mahi. No, he was just, he I was was just making, goofing making around. some jokes. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to him, yeah. Give him five points. Well, good job, Yeah, oh. yeah so uh, five bonus points for that one. Okay, so um, the four in the outer solar system are Pluto, Haumea, Maki Maki, and Eris. Okay. And then Ceres is in the asteroid belt. Um, the Dawn spacecraft was the one that visited them in the uh, asteroid belt. Also, the Kepler telescope um, was also announced by NASA on the 30th that both programs have ended because they ran out of fuel. Oh, oh wow. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Should have stopped for gas when they saw that exit. That's what, I know. That's true. you got to listen to your lights. <laughs> yeah. Question two, category. Moving from Uranus to Venus. Mm -hmm. The birth of Venus by artist Botticelli is displayed in the Uffizi Gallery located in what Italian city? I'll let you know and I'll be helpful. Not yet. Oh, not yet? No, not this question. Okay, I'm fine with that. Is that Italian? Yeah, it's Italian. Then yeah. Okay, we're locked in. All right, so you got your your Florences. Mm -hmm. You got your... uh, You have your Romes. Your Romes. You have your... Tuscany? I think that's a region. Okay. It could be. I don't know. You have a, what's your gut say? My gut says Florence. Okay. We'll go Florence. Okay. Yeah. We had Florence on our list. Uh, We wrote down Florence, Tuscany, Rome, and then we know know there are a few famous paintings in Milan. So we went with Milan. Yeah. Were you thinking of that one that's on the the wall? Yeah. The mural. What what was that? Is that the the Last Last Supper? Supper, I think. Yeah. So I think that's where we were. Yeah. uh, You know, on the same wavelength there. We thought maybe they were next to each other. Yeah. Okay, so your answer is Florence. All right. We're just on oh, roll. rolling. Could taste the hot dog already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Question number three. Category. Let's talk about a river in Egypt. Question. Commonly called the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, what model postulates a progression of emotional states? The name suggests the model was formed by two psychiatrists, but really, her last name was just hyphenated. Uh, on that one, I think I'm right on the order, but I'm, I don't believe that's the correct answer. But but we got nothing else. So let's, that might be true. So let's lock it in. So I couldn't remember the name. I saw the article where you mentioned the scientist. And I name. noticed she didn't say buying stuff and eating ice cream. That's usually in my five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> or, or watching... Uh, depressing movies or something yeah, yeah. Or music mm-hmm. listening to bright eyes yeah mm-hmm. yours is ben and jerry's the shins uh working out no, the shins make me feel good okay <laughs> yeah i'm not sure uh you don't have anything kruger dunning okay is a different thing but oh, at so least I believe it's, it's at least it's a thing i think that's also backwards i think it's the dunning kruger dunning kruger whatever but that mm-hmm. would be applicable given what you just did so yeah no it's kruger dunning i'm telling you after jeff uh, correcting me i'm in a stage of grief right now so what's your <laughs> answer uh, we said Briggs Myers because we had no, we got stuck oh, the, on the, the hyphen personality and we were done. Test. Yeah. Yep. So your answer is the Kubler Ross model. Oh, yeah. Sounds so right. close. Yeah. 
The model was first introduced by Swiss-American psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross in her 1969 book On Death and Dying and was inspired by her work with terminally ill patients. Makes sense. I'll I'll store that one away for future reference. Question four, category. Let's do a little A-word geography. Of all of the UN-recognized countries that begin with the letter A, only two do not also end with the letter A. Name both of these countries. Reluctant. How about uh, Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan's a good one. Um, Afghanistan wouldn't be in the UN, would it? I know they're under new UN recognized countries. Okay. I mean, that's ends in A. Both of them end in N. So I'm just trying to think like Let's I wrote. Let's go with uh, those two. Okay. It's going to sound really strange, but uh, we went with uh, Azerbaijan and Afghanistan. All right. All right. You guys are correct. It is Azerbaijan and Afghanistan. On the board. With geography. Uh, That was one of my favorite uh, questions from the pub quiz that I went to Mm -hmm. um, because it was one of those that I sat there and I was like, okay, I got one. I got one. What's the (laughs) other one? Yes, I got the other one. Finally, I finally figured it out. Those are always the best moments. That that happened a little quicker for us than I thought it was going to. Yeah. I'm surprised I even knew a country. (laughs) A a country. (laughs) Like America? No. Crap, that's the United States. All right. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, question number five. Um, so I asked my friend Adam Belt to provide my listener submitted questions. So mm-hmm. he wrote both of my question fives today. So thank you, Adam. Thank, thank you, Adam. You, Adam. Yeah. And thank you okay. for continuing to stick to our little motif there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he gave me this category. Uh, category is get this one and you'll make Sarge proud. What was the name of the Cardinals player who scored the game-winning run in the 1946 World Series game against the Boston Red Sox? Whatever you want to do. Okay. All right, we're locked in. We're locked in. The only Cardinal I could think, and I'm not even sure if this is from that era, but I think it is because he was, but that might have been 60s, but um, he was a Cub who was traded to the Cardinals, and it was a source of contention for a while. Uh, So we said Lou Brock. Lou Brock, um, and he turned into Venom, I think. Um, we went with uh, Stan Musial. It was the only Cardinal I could think of. Okay, so your answer is, uh, well, his last name is Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Slaughter. oh yeah. we went the wrong, yep. okay. Yeah, wouldn't have got So, there. yeah, Adam thought that that would be a good one for you for your love of wrestling with Sergeant Slaughter. Now that you say it, it's perfect. I just didn't even think of that. I was going the wrong way. Uh, looks like after five, uh, Team Rose video, only at 10 points on the board, but uh, we're just getting started. Ken's waking up. So what about you guys? Uh, we are up to 35 with the five bonus points. Ooh, all right. All right. Moving on to question six. I would love for my boarding pass to say that. While a nonstop trans-Pacific flight route between these two cities would be highly impractical, it would be awesome if you could get a direct flight between these two cities and have your boarding pass say, Fat Kicks. What cities have the airport codes F-A-T and K-I-X? Hint, if you tried to book a flight between these two cities right now, your layovers would most likely be San Francisco and Tokyo. I'm terrible at airport codes. I know like three of them. Yeah, because sometimes they apply to the name of the city, sometimes not at all. Right. Yeah. It would just be a toss-up between every city in the world times two. (laughs) Uh, Okay, we're, we're, uh, we're locked in. Like East Coast cities, are we thinking maybe? Yeah, I mean, like start with F. Frankfurt, Fort Lauderdale, Kentucky, <laughs> Fort Lauderdale, something in Texas, like something. We got nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Father Christmas Town in Kicksville. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we didn't know either. It's a it's a good question. Airports aren't our strong suit, so uh, we just went Austin, Texas to Kazakhstan. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so FAT is Fresno, California, mm-hmm. and KIX is Osaka, Japan. Oh, okay. I would never gotten there. Mm-hmm. We'd be here a couple hours before we guessed it. I still have this. Um, tendency to like look at license plates mm. and see airport codes <laughs> they're just ingrained in my head makes sense given what you used to do so yeah i also you know see um multiples of 21 and everything you know because <laughs> i do blackjack so much so just stuff in my life okay mm-hmm. so uh moving on to question seven um category is while we are in asia let's talk about some bare necessities food originating from the philippines and commonly sold as street food This popular Southeast Asian food is a developing bird embryo, usually a duck, that is boiled and eaten from the shell. Name that food. Reluctant. Some kind of egg? Gooey duck? I can't remember. Gooey duck? That's what we're going to say, right? Yeah. Because we've got nothing better? Oh, yeah. We're looking at the gooey duck. It may be a gooey duck, but that's a clam, right? I think so, yeah. Um, I think this is called balut. Balut? Or baloo. Mm Mm-hmm. You are correct in the fact that gooey duck is a clam. You are correct. Um, and you are also correct that the answer is Baloo. All it right. is nice. B-A-L-U-T. We were both right about something. <laughs> so <laughs> now, That bare necessities uh, category clue there really helped. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yes. Yes, Baloo. We're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had it before. Um, I had it when I was in Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, my friend was going to make me eat it. And I'm like, oh, no. But um, one of the best things I've ever had. Oh, that's cool. It was so good. Um, but I didn't even know the name of it. Um, I just knew that it was that, you know, boiled embryo. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to ask this as a question. And then I was like, okay, um, yeah, I need to make a hint for this because <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. come up with it. Well, on my next holiday in Cambodia, I'll have to try it. <laughs> so many dead Kennedys jokes. We've probably made a holiday in Cambodia joke probably five like times. times. Every time I hear it. That should that should be a, another Patreon goal that we eat blue or we get sent no, to I'm Cambodia. Not. Well, no, Ken won't. I'll eat it. I'll eat it for Ken. <laughs> I'll eat the shark again. <laughs> okay, number eight category. Well, that doesn't sound appealing. Name the band who reached number twenty-eight on the Billboard Hot 100 in nineteen ninety-eight with these lyrics. I would swallow my pride. I would choke on the rinds, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Mm-hmm. I would swallow my doubt. Yeah, I'm going to turn it inside out. Please. <laughs> Don't do this. I'm find nothing, right? Uh, we're in with Eve 6. Yeah, Eve 6, inside out. Yep. Good job. Oh, that one is good. directly in all of our wins. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect. Good. Question number nine, category. Another thing unappealing to eat. In 2013, the New York Times released an article calling this household item the must-steal item of the season. What household item became a target for shoplifters because of its stable value and inability to trace, making the product an ideal street currency for drug deals? Oh, no. Too early for Tide Pods. Uh, what about... Um, People didn't realize how delicious <laughs> they were yet. <laughs> what could it be something that you could Unless. you could turn an opening? like a? I feel like it's maybe like something that you would exchange for drugs mm-hmm. and then they would go and collect the real money later based on what they had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, let's say monopoly money. I don't know. Okay. 
I mean, I said Tide Pods is a joke, but then I thought maybe that's where we were getting at. Uh, maybe that was a clue in the question about not appealing to eat. So we said laundry detergent. Okay. Yep. Your answer is laundry detergent. Oh <laughs> and it was specifically Tide. Yeah. Um, and it had to do with um, like because Tide, like it holds its, its shelf stable, it holds its value. And so it became um, kind of a currency. Um, shout out to my friend Dan for giving me that question. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. People would literally pay for drugs with... With bottles of Tide? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dan, uh, expect your bottle of Tide in the mail. <laughs> okay. And then question 10. The category is, I was told there would be no gambling. Not around here. <laughs> <laughs> so your question. Neil and Jeff walk into a casino in downtown Las Vegas and buy in at a roulette table. One of them bets on black and the other bets on red. What are the true odds that both of them will lose? I would say likely. <laughs> so both of these. I only ever do what Alkaline Trio tells me, and I always put it all on black. black. Yeah, we're locked in. You can. That beat was on in the up. car when we went to lunch. Okay. I can't help it. There's um, thirty-six numbers. Yeah. Okay. That are colored red and black, and then there's zero and double zero. Right. So it would have to land on zero or double zero, um, in order for you to both lose. So it'd be two. Out of, uh, what did I say, 36? Oh, yeah. No, two out of 38. So the odds would be 19 to 1 or 1 to 19? Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. I'm, okay, yeah. so 1-19. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew there was a zero and a double zero, which are not red or black. Um, I thought there was only 32 numbers, so we said 1 and 16. Okay, yes, there are 1 through 36 that are red and black, and then a zero and a double zero, which are green. So your odds of both losing are 2 and 38 or 1 and 19. Ooh, Ken, nice yeah. job. Yeah. I had the right idea. I mean, this, <laughs> this is coming from someone who I ask questions uh, in a hypothetical sense for fun, for betting. I'm like, what's the over-under on that? It has nothing to do with over-unders because <laughs> I have no idea what it means. So, Well, Matt, you watched me uh, win yeah, like $300 in yeah. about 15 minutes on a roulette table, which I know is like the worst, the worst game to play at the casino yeah. by far. Your system was working, though walk away after, after yeah. winning. <laughs> it's a terrible game to play at the casino. Uh, we have 55. All right. Well, it looks like after a great first round uh, from Gina, uh, Team Rose Video has 40 points and Team uh, Bright okay. Guys, 55. So pretty close game, but they're, we're, we're coming back. Mm-hmm. What do we have for the swing round today, Gina? Um, so I actually have a matching uh, game for your swing round. Um, what I've got is I've got 10 pets and 10 owners. Okay. I've got a couple presidential pets in there, um, and then the rest of them are going to be fictitious. So let me give you um, all of the pets first, and then I'll give you the owners, and then you match them up. Great. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So we are going to start with Barfy the dog, and then we've got Bo the dog, Ruff the dog, then we have Arnold the pygmy puff, Dorothy the goldfish, Klaus, the goldfish, Trevor, the toad, Slimy, the worm, the Siamese cats, Coco and Yum Yum, and finally my favorite one, Dick, the mockingbird. Okay, and then here are your owners. Ginny Weasley, Thomas Jefferson, Elmo, James Quillerin, Stan Smith, Dennis the Menace, Oscar the Grouch, 
The Family Circus, Barack Obama, and Neville Longbottom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. I'm sad that there was no checkers. <laughs> How do you want to want to just say the pet name and then we'll go back and forth on owners? Go down the list? or mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All right. So number one, Barfy the dog. Uh, this seems like something Dennis the Menace would name his dog. So Dennis the Menace. Yeah, we didn't know. Uh, and I didn't know who James something or other was. So I said James whatever that last name was. Quinlan? Yep. Quillerin. Barfy the dog is the dog from the family circus. Mm. Uh, number two, Bo the dog. Uh, yep, that would be uh, Bo Obama. So mm-hmm. we went with Barack Obama. Oh, we thought Bo knows. No. Yeah, Bo Obama. Yep, President Obama. And number three, Ruff the dog. Uh, this one we said family circus on. And we said Dennis the Menace. Yep, that is Dennis the Menace. All right. We figured the fa- the the parents of Dennis wouldn't let them name the dog Barfy. Yeah, but he got a lo- he got away with a lot though. Yeah, so we can't be too surprised. It was uh, Phil Hartman in the cartoon. He's a very strict father. <laughs> Number 4, Arnold the Pygmy Puff. Well, I'm not exactly sure what a pygmy puff is, but uh, none of these other animals seem to fit in with Harry Potter. Um, so we're going to go with uh, Ginny Weasley. Hey, we went Ginny Weasley. Yep, that is Ginny Weasley's pet. Oh, wow. What is that? <laughs> it's a pygmy puff. Yeah, it, it's a small puff. It's a pygmy puff. Oh. Um, it is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just uh, uh, one of those fantastical creatures from the Harry Potter universe, and it's just a little ball of fluff. Oh, oh. sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, anytime Ken asks, like, uh, what is that? And I have no idea. I just fall back on tautology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just say, well, it's whatever it is. <laughs> okay, number five, Dorothy the goldfish. Uh, so Colleen's niece that we take care of, uh, Aria, uh, who always goes Elmo, Elmo to watch videos. I'm pretty sure Elmo has interacted with a goldfish, uh, named Dorothy. So we went with Elmo. We also just guessed Elmo. Yeah. Dorothy is Elmo's. Ooh. We're good at this matching stuff. <laughs> okay. So number six, Klaus, the goldfish. 
Yeah, this one, uh, luckily we were writing a all adult cartoon trivia game recently, and I, this is the only way I would have known this, because I would have thought Stan Smith were the great Adidas shoes that I have, but it's uh, from American Dad, so we went Stan Smith. Yeah, he was a German ski jumper whose head his mind transferred into a goldfish so that they wouldn't win gold in the Olympics, uh, Stan Smith. Is that really the backstory? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Stan Smith. All right, number seven, Trevor the Toad. Uh, this one I just remember from one of the movies, uh, Neville Longbottom going, Trevor! So, Neville. Yes, we also said Neville. And that was Neville Longbottom's to- toad that kept escaping. Yes. All right, number eight, Slimy the Worm. I remember the worm being associated with the Muppet, so we were tossing this back and forth between Elmo and Oscar, and since Elmo is taken, uh, Oscar it is. And Oscar lives in a garbage can? Yeah, we thought it makes sense for him, to, a garbage man, to be hanging around with worms, so he said Oscar. All right, yep, Slimy is Oscar's. Okay, so the Siamese cats, number nine, Siamese cats Coco and Yum Yum. Yeah, this one, we couldn't think of any fictitious uh, character um, who would have Siamese cats, and we'd never heard the name Quillerin, but it sounds very similar, or it sounds like a person who would have Siamese cats, so we said Quillerin. P.S. I think we flipped these last two. Oh, really? Now that I think about it. Oh, that's okay. But maybe not. Uh, This one, we said Family Circus. Okay, so the cats Coco and Yum Yum belong to a detective in the... The Cat Who mystery novels mm. um, by Lillian Jackson Braun, and they belong to James Quillerin. Mm. Never mind. I stand corrected. All right. And your final one, um, Dick the Mockingbird. Yeah, mm. that's pretty great. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> yep. not the sentimental type. Yep. There we go. Thomas Jefferson. Yep. That was Thomas Jefferson's. Richard, please. So we just narrowly edged them out. Trying to write, Richard. So, following the swing round, we are adding another 40 to our total, doubling that to be uh, 80 points. Quite mm-hmm. the swing. Yep. And we are adding 40 as well, up to 95. All right. So, it's getting interesting. All right. Moving into the second round. Question 11, category. Well, that escalated quickly. During Game 7 of the 2016 World Series, the Fox broadcast cut to a dugout conversation in which the Chicago first baseman says... I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. Who was that first baseman, <laughs> and who was the catcher he was talking to? Name both. Uh, All right, we're locked in. The first baseman would be Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I believe the catcher is uh, Grandpa Ross or David Ross. Yeah, we said uh, Grandpa Ross, uh, David Ross, and Anthony Rizzo. Yep, catcher David Ross and first baseman Anthony Rizzo. More more uh, questions for Chicagoans that would get kicked out of the city if we didn't get it right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even I knew that one. <laughs> and and just for the record, being in a glass case of emotion, uh, I was as well during the, the World Series, even though I'm not like a huge baseball fan. Yeah. I fell to my knees when it was over. I was like, thank God. <laughs> oh, I, I had to stay up. Yeah. It was like, what, one in the morning or yeah. midnight? and. Yeah, I remember my dad went to sleep because he's like, "Oh, this is you know, it's not going to end." And then he like came back down like whatever it was. Yeah. Midnight. He's like, "I had to, I had to watch. I was watching on the TV." Yeah. The rain delay. Yeah, was amazing. Unless you're a Cleveland yeah. fan, sorry. So my friend Adam, who uh, wrote my question fives, um, he is a um, Indians fan, mm. but um, I thought it was awesome. Condolences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I told people at work, my favorite American team is the Indians. My favorite National League team is the Cubs. So uh, either way, I was going to be happy yeah. and sad at the same time. Okay, moving on to question 12. I hope you guys like this one. The category is, you want me to what? Okay, I want you to take the numbers from the following movie titles. And then I'm going to give you a math problem with them. 
express the answer in Roman numerals, and then give the answer to me using the phonetic alphabet. <laughs> okay. So the first movie is the 2004 romantic comedy starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. And then subtract the 2002 drama starring Eminem and Brittany Murphy. And then express that number in Roman numerals and answer using the phonetic alphabet. And then just to clarify, um, when I say phonetic alphabet, I mean the NATO phonetic alphabet. Okay. I believe I'm correct. Okay. Because I do feel like there's oh, some L's in there. 20, 20. Yeah, maybe L's. Think about the Super Bowls. How, are, how is that? Expressed. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Maybe L, maybe it's L L I I. So that'd be Lima Lima India, Indigo India India India. India. Right, we're gonna lock in with Lima Lima India India. Okay, so the movies are 50 first dates and eight miles. So you got 50 minus eight to get to 42. Um, L is 50. Um, mm. You put an X before it to take away 10. So X L I I. Jeff had. X-ray Lima. I was fighting for indigo, but we said India, so it's X-ray Lima, India, India. Yep, that is all correct. Fifty-first states, eight mile, X L I I, X-ray Lima, India, India. Well, we were we were around it. You so. were close. Yeah, we had the right yeah. impression. Okay, question thirteen. Forty-two is the answer to life, the universe, and everything, but this answer is an out of the world potent potable. In the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. President of the universe, Zaphoid Beeblebrox, mixes a drink that is described as like having your brain smashed out by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick and the alcoholic equivalent to a mugging, expensive and bad for the head. Name the drink. Mm. Again, a thing I should read. I need yeah. to read this damn book. Yeah, this is probably the- <laughs> but oh. I've heard the answer to this one mm-hmm. um, and I could get close. Yeah, that's better than I can do. I would just say most deaf. So yeah, get as close as you can. <laughs> I really need to read this too because I always feel like there's a trivia question. Um, We're locked in. It's this. We didn't start the fire. Yeah. What else is on the list of things we need to do? Uh, learn Canada geography. <laughs> and know Canadian geography. Uh, playing card games. Ooh, card games. Yeah. Yes. To be well, fair, I was told I was 40 years too young to start playing bridge. So. Yeah. Well, maybe 40 years will be better. Uh, any idea on this one? No. Night Night Juice? (laughs) (laughs) What is that from? I don't remember. (laughs) We're going to give Jeff some Night Night Juice after this recording, though. I'm going to have to look it up at some point. Uh, Butterbeer. I I just remember it being uh, like an onomatopoeia sort of thing. So, like, I just wrote down Bang Popper. I think it might be like Whiz Bang or Bang Popper. The drink in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is called the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. Gargle Blaster oh, is what good. I was thinking of. On uh, the right track? Um, I mean, kind I, of. You're kind of there. I had, for not I had knowing something, the book. something back in there. Yeah. I mean, I named a drink from a book, so I think I was closer to be honest. Are you a, are you a fan of this book, Gina? Oh, I am. I love it. Um, I have like the nice, like leather bound full collection, like sitting on my bookshelf. Um, I would recommend if you read it, only read books one through three. Do not read four and five. I'm okay. just reading the first one. Let's <laughs> one through three. Okay. Yeah. One through three. It's not that four and five are not beautifully written. It's just you get a happy ending after three. Oh, okay. <laughs> And uh, Urban Dictionary defines night-night juice as Ambien and any hard alcohol, <laughs> alcohol taken together. <laughs> so uh, so we're going to give that to Jeff along yeah. with a knuckle sandwich. Yeah. Okay, question 14, category. Let's bring this game back down to earth and take some reasonable public transportation. 
Several public transportation systems are referred to by nicknames, such as the London Underground or the Chicago L Train. What is the name of the Portland light rail system, which shares its name with the 2015 movie about a dog that helped American Marines in Afghanistan? I remember this movie. Yeah, so do I. There was an animated one too, wasn't there? There was one. Uh, it was about a yeah about a dog in World War One. Just That's, came out. Okay. Yeah, where he like helped the troops. <laughs> Why? Because there's a lot of hipsters in War Dog. Okay, fine. Oh man, this one's gonna kill me. We are locked in. <laughs> it, 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 oh, it's not like private PVT Portland PV, PVT the uh, unheard of Michael Jackson song. That's what we're locking <laughs> with. And I was just thinking that I would name a, a transit system in hipster Portland as the Handlebar Mustache Rail. <laughs> I like that name better. Um, so your answer for the uh, Portland Light Rail System is called the MAX. Mm. Oh, the MAX. Yep, it stands for Metropolitan Area Express. Okay. All right, question 15. Um, and thank you again, Adam. He didn't give me a category title, so I'm just going to shout out oh, to him okay. again. Okay, when Prince became the artist formerly known as Prince, what was the official name of the text icon he used? And then he gives you a bonus opportunity for five points. What was the request made by the Warner Brothers record company that led to Prince breaking his contract and changing his stage name? That's right. I think so. Okay. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, his symbol is like almost a combination of the male and female symbol, right? Love, loveogram. Yeah, that's fine. Loveogram. Sort of like a hymns heartogram. And uh, so we're going to say love, lovegram and, uh, Let's just say they wanted uh, him to put out another record that year. How about a Christmas album? Because he's Christmas Jehovah's album. Witness. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, I thought it was called The Hymn Sign. Mm-hmm. And uh, we couldn't remember why he split with his record deal. Maybe they asked him to give up basketball. So the name of the text icon is specifically called Love Symbol Number Two. That was close. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It is the combination of the male and the female uh, symbol, like overlapped. Um, and then the bonus, the record company actually asked him to slow down his recording and not release an album a year. Mm. Oh, okay. That's unusual. Yep. yep. After changing his name and starting his own label, he averaged more than an album a year and is rumored to have enough recorded material in his vault that the estate could release new albums for 20 to 30 years. Wow. Um, Kevin Smith does something really fascinating. Are, you there, are any of you Kevin Smith fans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That does sound familiar. Didn't he? He was invited, right, to uh, Prince's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talks about it in one of his like um, when Kevin Smith goes around and does like those college talks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about how Prince invited him to come and film, and he just like stored it in his vault, like didn't use it or anything, just like stored it oh. away. Uh, so that's just what he did. All right, number sixteen, category. The mind is a terribly fascinating thing. In the summer of 1966, the University of Texas Tower in Austin became the epicenter of tragedy when a student went on a murderous rampage. By the time police were able to bring him down, the 25-year-old student had shot and killed 15 people and wounded 32 others. According to Time magazine from August 12, 1966, Whitman's autopsy revealed that a nickel-sized tumor had been compressing what almond shape area of the brain that is known to regulate aggression? I read it about uh, Whitman quite a long time ago. There's a there's a Harry Chapin song by the name of Sniper, which is about this specific incident, uh, which is quite good if you're into that sort of uh, music. I'm trying to remember. I knew he had a brain tumor that was undiagnosed. He was like hearing voices and stuff like that. And okay, 
But yeah, we'll stick with it. We are locked in. With our first gut reaction. We're locked in. You guys can go first if you want. Uh, we wrote everything down basically <laughs> uh, from your hippocampuses to your thalamuses. Uh, the first thing I wrote down was amygdala, and I'm pretty sure that's the emotional center of the brain. So we just said amygdala. So yeah, um, we've been burned many, many times at trivia, at least with me, if I'm there, Ken said the same thing um, from the movie The Water Boy. Because yeah. we can never remember if it's real or not. The medulla oblongata. And, uh, it's real. But it's real, we whether went, it's correct. Right. We went with the medulla oblongata. Okay. So your answer, the almond-shaped area of the brain, is the amygdala. Yeah. Um, and it comes from the Greek word for almond. Someone please. What is the medulla oblongata now? It ruins trivia for me every time. I get it wrong. All right. I'm looking it up. All right. We'll figure that. We'll get, we'll get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question 17. Category. So that's where that saying comes from. What Canadian-born African-American inventor and engineer is notable for his 57 U.S. patents, most having to do with the lubrication of steam engines? Today, I'm so close to all these answers. I just researched this guy, and I can't... My brain is dead today. To take you back off of it for a moment, the mandula omlegata, located in the brainstem, is a cone-shaped neuronal mass responsible for autonomic functions, ranging from vomiting to sneezing. Mm. There's nothing to do with anything. There's nothing to do with the crocodile not brushing his teeth. Yeah. Medulla uh, contains cardiac, so respiratory, vomiting, vasomotor centers, and therefore deals with all autonomic functions of breathing, heart rate, and blood pressure. Water boy. Damn you, Adam Sandler. <laughs> bad jokes, bad signs. We're locked in with a, a wrong answer. We're locked in. Okay, I'm really close because I was writing a question about this guy. That's what I was saying before. Um, hold on. Uh, you already locked in, didn't you? Well, yeah, we're, we're wrong. Neil's we just doing loud. that thing that he does. Yeah, <laughs> we're wrong. Our, the redemption yeah. tour. Hey, Neil. Yes. I sent you guys are already locked in. So what if I reset the category title? Oh, so sure. that is where that saying comes from. Would that trigger something? I think uh, th- we, we locked in. We're wrong. We put George Washington Carver. But, oh, that um, was the other one I was thinking of. I think if Carver. I remember correctly, when I was researching the question, I was going to write it. I was going to use a musical reference to the band The Real McCoy. Because I think his name is McCoy. Something McCoy. Yep, it is Elijah J. McCoy, mm. um, and he is one of the possible origins for the saying, the real McCoy. Yeah. Wow. Well, did you guys give an answer? Oh, yeah, it was wrong. Okay, moving on to question 18. Um, category is apparently you can play less than 11-man football. Hmm. Question, six-man football was invented in 1934 by a small-town high school coach who wanted to find a way for his players to have the opportunity to play the game. This variation has modest modified specifications including that it takes 15 yards to make a first down instead of 10 and being played on a field that is how many yards long instead of 100 within five yards how long is a six-man football field you guys are locked in um i'm i'm guessing i bet it's half did they also step it up to 150 yards would they have i don't think they would extend it because those people would be absolutely exhausted but why would they have gone further out for it's just, I think it's just more like you, it's almost like you score on the possession or the other team gets the ball. Yeah, that's fair. Cause you're not going to have two defenders on a, on a receiver. Right. <laughs> so you do 80 yards. You want to do 75? That's divisible by 15. 75 All yards. Right. <laughs> All right. We said 150. It is 80. No. 80 yards. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so it's very intriguing to watch. So my, um, I went to a very small high school that had eight man football. Oh, okay. And my brother, my older brother, who's eight years older than me, went to a high school that had six man. He played six man. Um, they still, I think, the article I read, I, I took the rules from the like the Texas rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still pretty popular in Texas. But yeah, it's it's really intriguing to watch, like how they can 
condense it down. Yeah. Like, that. It's almost like a flag football style because it's just really wide open. And that's why I knew it had to be less because otherwise those guys would be running so much that there's no way they can play a full game if it was more than 100 yards. Yeah, because every time you had a reception, you'd have to run 75 yeah, yards. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> Yet somehow soccer players manage it. <laughs> there's some resting there. I've watched. They're not, they're not running the whole time. Australian football runs the whole time. Good for that. Not every time you get a mark. All right. Question nine. (laughs) Okay. Question nine. Category is a teeny tiny bit of weather trivia. What weather event is an intense, small-scale downdraft produced by a thunderstorm or rain shower that can be particularly dangerous to aircraft, especially during landing due to the wind shear caused by its gust front? Several fatal and historic crashes have been attributed to the phenomenon over the past several decades, and flight crew training goes to great lengths on how to properly recover from this event. It's not backdraft, because that's a movie. Mm -hmm. Also a firefighter thing. It's not overdraft, because that's what happens to my account. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think you're right in what you wrote. Uh, but I don't have a better thought. I don't either. It's it's I'm trying to think of disaster movies with airplanes that would have used this if it had a cool name. But I like the name of the movie. Not like Geostorm yeah. or Twister. Twenty twelve. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was a weather event. That was apocalypse. It was something. Yeah. It was the so. end of John Cusack's career. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> uh, got him. Yeah, it's a real bummer because I I can't quite remember. Um, but we'll lock in. All right. We are locked in with turbulence. I think this is a very specific... You know how like some regions have like different names for weather phenomena? So we just said Malu. I think that's like an Australian wind. I don't know about regional. So the answer that I have is microburst. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have heard of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're fascinated by stuff like this, um, I am. Um, so the Smithsonian's channel um, has a series called Air Disasters mm-hmm. that investigates plane crashes um, and they have a really good season two episode three I wrote down um, and it details um, a plane crash that was caused by a microburst and then also like how NASA flies planes around with all their instruments or whatever specifically to track these and make sure that they don't that they um, don't cause disasters again it's so funny this this game is so well written with all these wonderful facts and things and these are all things like you just said and that clues. I'm fast- well, yeah, I'm fascinated in everything that these answers are, like watching them, like Gina was saying, like on TV, and but I never retain them. But mm-hmm. these are things I all love to learn about, and I can't retain them for the life of me. Well, Neil, here's a good old question for you. Number 20 is just a good old-fashioned movie tri-bond. Okay. So what actor or actress appeared in these three films? Mystic Pizza, Ocean's Eleven, and Stuck on You. Okay, we're locked in. Wasn't Julia Roberts in Mystic Pizza and Ocean's Eleven? Mm-hmm. Would she be in Stuck on You? She might be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> pretty woman. You Julia. said Julia Roberts? <laughs> yeah. Well, you took her bait, but uh, that was an early Matt Damon role in Mystic Pizza. So you said Matt Damon. Say it right. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, very, very young Matt Damon in Mystic Pizza. Yep, that's Matt Damon. Uh, it makes me feel so good to like finish the second round. So we we got a question right at the beginning of the qu- uh, second round, and we got one right at the end. Yeah. So bookended it there. The only one of the three I've seen is uh, Ocean's Eleven in that tribon. So you missed the classic. You haven't uh, seen Ben Carson. You? Ben Carson cameo playing himself and stuck on you. All right. Well, at the end of the uh, regulation, 
Looks like we're settling in at a cool 100 points. Keeping it 100. Yep, and we're just slightly ahead of you guys at 135. All right. Well, let's uh, hear those categories and see how many chips we're pushing in. Okay. So the final round is taken from and inspired by the book The Martian, uh, whose movie stars Matt Damon. Um, and it is my favorite audiobook. It is my go-to background noise. Um, so all of these are inspired by The Martian. And here are your categories. Number one, mythology. Two, mathematics. Three, chemistry. Four, German. And five, astronomers. We're locked in. Yep, us too. Okay, here's your first question in mythology. In The Martian, astronaut Mark Watney uses the moons of Mars for navigation and says that it's probably not a good sign that he is letting the god of fear be his guide. Name the largest moon of Mars that is named after the personification of fear in Greek mythology. A number two in mathematics. In another instance of Watney's navigational troubles, the astronaut has to travel directly south instead of the southeast direction he needs to go. Fill in the blank in this quotation. I'm traveling 90 kilometers per day as usual, but I'm only getting 37 kilometers closer because blank is a dick. Number three, in chemistry. In order to grow Martian potatoes, Watney had to make water from scratch. The recipe, he says, is take hydrogen, add oxygen, burn. But in the process of making water, the chemical reaction leaves traces of wet smelly compound represented by the formula NH3. Number four, German. Watney jokes that his crewmate Vogel must be a supervillain because he is a chemist and he's German. The mad scientist Vogel and his wife have a cute name for their children, the Affen. What animal name does the Affen translate to in English? And that is spelled A-F-F-E-N. And number five, astronomers. Watney has to travel to the site of the next scheduled Mars mission in order to reach the ascent vehicle stationed there. This site is located in what crater, which is named after an Italian astronomer who wrote the book Life on Mars in 1893. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. 
But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. All the answers are locked in. Thank you. Okay, question one. Name the largest moon of Mars that is named after the personification of fear in Greek mythology. Yeah, I just could not come up with this one. It's going to drive me crazy when I hear it. Did um, you wager on this one? We wagered uh, Oakland Fives all the mm, way down. Okay. Interesting. So keep that in your minds. Uh, and we just wrote Hades. So largest is, is pretty funny because both moons of Mars are pretty tiny. Um, and I believe the two moons are Deimos and Phobos. And mm-hmm. Phobos is... Uh, the one that we're uh, looking for Wager. for zero points for zero points yeah all that build up for nothing yep it is phobos phobos right. and demos um he uses to navigate and phobos is the god of fear okay so number two mathematics fill in the blank in this quotation i'm traveling 90 kilometers per day as usual but i'm only getting 37 kilometers closer because blank is a dick uh this one so we wagered 10 on this one um, we were kind of arguing back and forth about different mathematics things, and then no I no arguing, tr- true team effort. Yeah, this was, so, this was both of us combined. I drew uh, a line down for A, and then we did one southeast, and then we thought maybe that's C, and then we got to the Pythagorean theorem, and we said maybe it's Pythagoras. Yep, that's what we said too for five points. Pythagoras is a dick. Yep, Pythagoras is a dick. I mean, that's really mean. He he found it. It's not like he he came up with physics. <laughs> he did not create. It. He did not make math happen. <laughs> okay, question number three: Chemistry. The recipe for water is take hydrogen, add oxygen, and burn. In the process of making water, the chemical reaction leaves traces of what smelly compound represented by the formula NH three. Um, I'm not sure this is right because um, I don't know what's in this uh, but we said methane. Uh, so we put 20 on this one and I'm pretty sure that Ken you'll remember having eaten copious amounts of this with your hot Carl because this uh, is ammonia. Mm-hmm. Yep it is ammonia. Alright and question for German. Vogel and his wife have a cute name for their children. Die Offen. What animal name does Die Offen translate to in English? Uh, we just said uh, rabbits. Yeah. We wagered a zero on this one. We thought maybe those kids were eating all the time, and they reminded them of little pigs. So, Diaphanen, please forgive me for my German pronunciation, but uh, Diaphanen means the monkeys. Mm. Oh. How are our little monkeys? Uh, From here, the, the P-I looks like a capital A, and I thought Matt wrote ass for the kids. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. And question number five in Astronomers. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Watney has to travel to the site of the next Mars mission in order to reach the ascent vehicle. The site is what crater named after Italian astronomer who wrote the book Life on Mars in 1893? Uh, famous, uh, Italian astronomer, uh, Waluigi. Wow! Uh, we went with the famous John Crater of Mars. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, we wagered 10 on this one. So the answer is Giovanni Schiaparelli. 
He is traveling to the Schiaparelli crater. That was actually my second guess. So. <laughs> I I felt bad because I could think of like 16th, 15th century astronomers and yeah. like 20th century astronomers, but no one in the And know, I was just shouting century. Galileo at him over and over. It's true. No, that was just the Queen song you're yeah. playing. <laughs> well, uh, it looks like we are not the survivalists that Mark Watney is uh, as we dropped 15 points in that round, bringing our total score f- uh, of the game to 85. And it looks like today's cream of the crop is going to be uh, Team Jeff and Matt. What was your name? We're the bright guys. The, the bright guys. 155. Prophecy. You are the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Uh, feels good. I can taste that salty, salty mm. B vitamin hot dog in my... <laughs> so you, just, you just need to put a wager in front of me, and then I'm on the ball. There you go. <laughs> That's I, true. Well, me and, uh, me and Neil will sample the uh, Vegemite veggie dogs. Yeah, mm. veggie and, dogs. And we'll film that for your pleasure. I'll also eat the Vegemite because I promised over a year and a half ago. This that, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was such a really well-written game, Gina. Thank you for putting this together. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, um, uh, especially coming up with the themes and taking inspiration and stuff. So thank you. No, yeah. all the themes were great. Um, how about you, uh, before we uh, have any final words, why don't you give a shout out to everyone who uh, helped you and wrote questions in for you again once more? Yes. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much to my friends, Seth and Holly. Um, they were the first uh, pe- friends that I went to pub trivia with um, a couple years ago and really got me into this into this culture. Um, so thank you for letting me use your equipment in your office and confiscating that for a Sunday afternoon. Um, thank you to Adam, Adam Belt, who uh, wrote my question fives for me. Um, and then also my friend Dan Dockstatter um, for the inspiration for the Tide question. All right. Yeah, that was great. Make sure in uh, Seth and Holly's office there, before they come back, just print out a picture of Nicolas Cage's face and hide it somewhere that they'll find another time. It's always a yes. good, good prank. <laughs> maybe maybe one of his insane uh, yeah. visages from Mandy or something like yeah. that. That'd be good. Maybe put it under the keyboards when they go to clean. Yikes. To see his face. <laughs> well, uh, thank yeah. you again for uh, hosting today. And thanks again for being a Patreon supporter. We surely appreciate it. And without further ado, uh, thank you from... Jeff, Neil, Matt, and myself. Uh, You too, please play us out, whatever that means. And that was Triviality. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Anybody else? Hey, yes, the user. Alligators are aggressive because of an enlarged medulla oblongata. It's the sector of the brain which controls aggressive behavior. That is correct. The medulla oblongata. But mama? The medulla oblongata is where anger, jealousy, and aggression come from. Now, is there anybody here who can tell me where happiness comes from? Mama say that happiness is from magic rays of sunshine that come down when you're feeling blue. (laughs) Well, folks, Mama's wrong again. (laughs) No kind of saying this, you're wrong. Mama's right. I'm trying to think if if, if they said it in an English accent, how that would sound. It'd be like, come here, you little rabbits. It's time for dinner, like that. Come here, dear often.